Okay. Is this going to work? I have no idea. Oh my God, y'all. My MacBook has been on the fucking fritz, but it's back, baby. Let's go. Welcome back to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Kevany. And hello, squawks. If you don't know what a squawk is, that's probably because my friends and I made this word up. But <laughs> okay, whenever we would go on like a trip together or be even like at a dinner together, we are the table. We are the group that squawks. We are not the quiet, demure type. Like every time I hear a table at a restaurant and I'm like, damn it, they're being loud as fuck. I'm like, okay, but that's me and my friends when we're really living. <laughs> um, so I would be willing to bet that maybe not everyone who listens to this podcast is loud. And not all of us are loud. Okay, it's not about being loud. Let me back this up. What is a squawk to me? A squawk to me is someone who is down for an ugly as fuck laugh anytime. Like me and all my squawk friends will be like, hey, sister, how are we doing? And like, it's the kind of friend that you just click with. You know what I mean? Like they're the kind of friend. Sometimes you'll catch up with someone and you're like, oh, yeah, hi. How are, like, how are things? And blah. And you're like, nah. And there's other friends where you're like, bitch, what the fuck is up? And like, it's just the people and you're, they're your people. Your squawks are your people. Um, and so if you're listening to this, I feel like you're my people. Like we are each other's people because we've discussed we are long distance besties. That's what this podcast is about. And everyone can use that friend that you call to just kind of get away from your life for 45 minutes and just have a good catch up. Your squawks are your people that you just feel drawn to and connected to in a different way than you do with like acquaintances. So we are all squawks. You are my squawks and I am yours. <laughs> welcome to that new word and welcome to episode three of season two. I told y'all I was not going to be doing an episode every single week. Like this podcast is just not that serious. It is not that deep. Um, so I was going to, you know, like we're long distance friends, call you up when I have some shit to say. And boy, do I have some shit to motherfucking say. Um, a lot has happened and we're going to get into it, but big updates are I have been working on getting my real estate license here in New York. I moved here December 1st. Honestly, the transition has been a bit jarring. <laughs> like I myself am surprised how long it has taken me to for this to all catch. And every time I talk to someone like I had a good friend who was here last week and I got to meet her daughter. Oh my gosh. Meeting my friend's children is always hits me kind of differently but it's so wild because this is a couple who like we were all friends. Me and her used to have a blog together. It was called Say Yes to Dallas. And we later sold that blog name for like thousands of dollars because we are smart. Um, and her and her husband. So like when we were all like 22 in Uptown Dallas, fucking living, bitch. Like, oh, my God, that that time period is one of my favorite seasons of my life is right when I moved to Uptown Dallas or just the whole time I lived there from like 22 to 25. Excellent time of my life. Um, and so they, we were all hanging out. We'd all go out together a lot and they knew each other from college and she was kind of like friend zoning him. I was like, hey, like, I really think he loves you and I think you should like give him a shot. And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, I mean, I don't know. Just just think about it. And 
bitch. Now they're married and they have a daughter and she's so cute. And it was just like surreal meeting a daughter who would not listen. I'm not like taking responsibility for her daughter's life, but I was like, wait, I wonder. I don't think I was the only one who encouraged her to give her him a shot, but it is just mind blowing to me that an entire life can exist because of like vibes that you get with a person. I don't know. That's wild. Let's not get too deep into this. We are right in the beginning of the episode. I got to kind of reel it back. So I saw them. I was catching up with them and they were like, so like every time I move, which is often, I do love a good move. Um, people are like, so how's Chicago or like how's Houston or how's New York? And it's like sometimes this big pressure question because like people rarely, well, she's a good friend, so I could like tell her all of it. But like, especially in passing conversation, people rarely want to hear like, you know, it's been pretty brutal. (laughs) It's like, there's not always as much good news to report as they probably want you to report. Um, so I was like, um, I'm going to preface my answer with like, I actually feel like I'm mentally in a better place than I've been in a long time. That being said, (laughs) this pet, like these past 60 days of being in New York, I have been in complete survival mode for like most of that time. (laughs) And I was like, it's just been a really kind of jarring mix of like really cool and really brutal. But like I am really living and it feels like a very full life experience. So I'm happy about that. Like even on days where I am crying, I literally cried like walking down the sidewalk because Secret Crowds by Angels and Airwaves, it was like my cry song. When I was in high school, I would, when I was really stressed out, I have such a hard time admitting how stressed I am. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then I explode. And I'm like, um, I would go driving. My first car was a silver slug bug. I loved it. I love slug bugs so much. I weirdly want to have one again someday. Um, But like I would drive around in the back roads of South Lake. If you're from DFW, I just loved like the back, like John McCain road, like places like that. Preston road. I loved, I don't know if Preston's in South Lake. Anyways, I loved driving over there and I would blare secret crowds by angels and airwaves on repeat. And like, that would be the only way I could get myself to like cry and let my emotions out sometimes. And it would just be very cathartic. And I would like, come, like just drive back home and be like, okay, I, I feel like better. Um, and that song came on when I, the week that I had just, like I was about to take my real estate license and it was, it's really getting a real estate license is objectively easy, I guess, you know, and it's easier in New York than it is in Texas. But the test is pretty stressful because you have to wait four weeks to get a test date and then two weeks to get your results. Like it's just, there's a lot of buildup. And if you don't pass, which I didn't pass in Texas the first time, it's a long waiting period. So I was like, I, and they trick you with these questions. Like they'll be like, oh, if someone doesn't, this is not an actual test question. I'm not breaking any law by, this is just a gist of something I saw on a test like a long time ago, but it was like, if someone wants to not include this part of a house in the contract, what article of the contract is that in? I'm like, dude, fucking blow me. I don't know. (laughs) So it's like a very, can be a really tricky test. So I was nervous and stressed out and running around the city and (laughs) finances are a little tight. Like I only came here with so much money and I'm waiting for this real estate job to kick in and start. And when I can start making real money again, and I, that song came on and I just was like walking in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, or actually I was in Greenpoint, walking around middle of the day, like maybe 4 p.m. And I just was like crying, AirPods in, 
tears streaming down my face not like sobbing but crying and like people always say New Yorkers are kind but not nice and the way that I kind of explain that to people who don't understand that because I didn't at first was like if I tripped and fell someone would help me up probably and they'd be like are you good but if I was crying they'd be like listen like leave me out of it like that's not my fucking problem that's that is the difference (laughs) in the way people treat each other here and I love it it was very private I felt very (coughs) excuse me I felt very forgot what it was like to talk into a microphone you can't just cough in the middle of a word um I felt very free and I felt very like it was a private space somehow that I was crying on the street because no one was making it their business why I was crying I was like cool but I ended up like turning onto like a side street with a bunch of houses and really let it out and then I went to this place called like this little lookout I told let me pause okay it's called transmitter park and it's this really beautiful lookout where you can see all the city and I went over there and it's just it's mind-blowing to me how I can't remember if I've said this in other episodes but I my whole life have shit on other cities that are like really easy to figure out like you spend one week in there and you're like yeah I I get it I understand this city got it I like shit on that I'm like that's so boring and like and now I'm in a city that is hard to figure out and hard to wrap your head around and I'm like wait this is hard like (laughs) but I really did get what I wished for and so I'm happy about that Um, but I just stare at New York and I'm like gosh like I just am at the very beginning of like what fe- I for the first time in my life I feel like I will be somewhere for a really long time and I'm like dang I am in the very first steps of a fucking marathon um, I'm just now sinking my teeth into my first taste of what the city is like and I only feel truly like myself for like a minute or two at a time here like it's taken a while to be like okay we're here and we're not panicking, (laughs) but we're here. And what does this mean? Like, it's just been, and like, it's been a lot to process, which is amazing and feels, again, feels like a full life because 2021 for me was almost, I feel like one of the hardest times of my life. I, when I was in Houston and really was in a bad mental health space, like that was the worst time of my life. But 2021 was a very close second. And it's like hard times for me are not always just about things being hard or things being painful or difficult. It's like the hardest times of my life are when I just feel like there is no life to my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like 2021, I just felt dead inside. Uh, anyways, uh, hope, hope this is, uh, hope everyone's feeling okay. Hope I'm not bumming anyone out. But now things are difficult right now and I have a lot of challenges in front of me, but I feel very alive. So, you know, when I'm telling people like, oh, this has been really hard. Like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm great. Like I am my fullest self when I'm learning. And right now I have so much to learn and I fucking love that. And like I've said for a long time, I'm like, I feel like I miss school, but I tell you fucking what, when I've been studying for this real estate exam, I'm like, wow, I do not miss school. I miss learning. I miss having a structure in my life that is built around learning and moves, moving to a new city, starting new adventures, things like that. Like diving into new things for me is really healthy because it's something that I can be learning about. Um, 
So like I can't just move every couple of years my whole life. Like that is again, like I've said this before, but that, that's something I'm working on in therapy. But I still and it was a complex decision to move to New York because I was like, OK, I know I have this issue where I run from my problems, <laughs> but I'm really not doing that this time. And I do feel drawn to the city and I can do this in a healthy way. So if my move here has been way healthier than my move to Chicago. I am so proud of what I did in Chicago, but I was really it was really hard on my body and like my mental health. Like I worked five jobs at one time for like nine months and it was way too much. And I battered myself through that move. Like it was just, I wanted to live there and there is a lot to be said about that. I'm very proud of like, when I want something, I get it. Like I do it and I go after it. It is one of my best qualities. I'm very tenacious, but like I cannot just always be chasing the next best thing. You know, I'm trying to learn how to like, yes, I will always want to be learning about something, but I also need to learn how to be comfortable with the middle and the end of something, like not just the beginning. Um, So I do thrive in the beginning of a new city and a new job. And it's just been so much to process that I took. I'm, I'm off Instagram again. I deactivated it. I missed deactivating. Like I deactivated for three months last year. And in January, I was like, you know what? I like miss how good that felt. And so I'm off again. I don't know for how long. But let me tell you, I'm going to give you a whole spiel on why TikTok is better than Instagram because I'm 30. I feel like the demographic of people who listen to this podcast swing more to like 25 to 30. So and like 25 to 35 is what I meant. So for anyone who feels like, oh, I'm too old for TikTok or like it's just it's a Gen Z thing. I would beg you to reconsider because I myself was a very late bloomer. Like when COVID happened and TikTok got like huge and really blew up, I opened it once and I was like, uh, absolutely not. Like it was so much happening at once. I didn't know how to pause it. It was too many things going on on the screen. I was just like, uh, enough, enough. Absolutely not for me. Thank you though. And I basically never revisited it (laughs) until... I deactivated my Instagram in August of 2021. Like the habit of scrolling an app is harder to like, you kind of have to ease yourself out of that. I'm going to be honest. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I mean, I'll get on TikTok. Like I do like social media and I want to kind of like know what people are talking about and stuff. So I started spending more time on it when I gave up Instagram also because I only share posts or like, you know, on Instagram, I would DM with like, over a hundred of my friends on a regular basis, but I wasn't really keeping in touch with anyone on TikTok. I was just a, more of a consumer. There's like two or three of my friends that we send TikToks to each other, but that's kind of it. So it was not an overwhelming app to open. I could just kind of consume content. And I know not everyone's going to relate to this exactly, but when I'm on Instagram, I am such a storyteller. Like I really do put so much of my life on Instagram because I like to, and because it's how I connect with my friends. But then I then put this invisible pressure that I make up in my head that I need to let everyone know how I'm doing all the time. And so when I'm not doing super well, I freeze and shut down and feel like I can't be on the app. Um, so that's why I got off last year, but this year I'm like, I just have a lot going on. It's, I just need to focus. I'm distracted and I do not need the extra distraction because Instagram feels to me like when I am using it too much, it feels like opening an empty fridge like I barely have anything in it and they're all like the most random ingredients in the world and you keep opening being like okay could I 
put jelly on these pickles and call it dinner. You know what I mean? Like there is just no ideas. There's no freshness to it. It's just a stale fridge that you fucking hate yourself every time you continue to open. (laughs) You're like, "Uh, there's nothing in here. Why are we opening this again? But TikTok feels like opening the fridge when you just went to Trader Joe's or wherever you practice your grocery religion and you just got your A-game groceries and you're like, oh, hell yeah, bitch. I have smoked salmon and goat cheese and a ripe avocado. Let's fucking go. Like that, that is what TikTok feels like because their algorithm is more accurate. Like you will like a video and you have to spend some time on it. Like it takes probably a couple hours of scrolling for it to really get to know you, but it's very accurate. Like I will like a video that they, they'll present something kind of like new, like a new little idea or new um, corner of TikTok is what they call it because there are like an infinite amount of corners of TikTok. And so they say, I'm going to teach all you guys about this because I want everyone to be on it. Well, not everyone, but I want my, I want my squawks to be on it. <laughs> they like it is really truly for everyone and there is whatever content someone is putting out their platform basically exists on the principle that there is an audience for that um so if you like one video like they'll say oh hey here's videos of Cirque du Soleil do you like that (laughs) and you're like oh cool and you spend you watch the whole thing and you like it maybe a couple videos later they might be like oh cool Here's some like acrobat stuff. You, you like that, right? You into that? And if you don't like it, they're like, okay, okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. And like, they're just, it figures you out and it will always present you with new things and you can hit not interested. Like, bitch, (laughs) if stuff about like weight loss comes up or sometimes like really toxic religious stuff, I'm like, and I hit not interested and it's like, okay, we got it. Noted. I think you can even say, I don't like this creator, like Gary V kind of stuff. I'm not trying to be a fucking hater, but like, I'm not a Gary Vee fan. I think that is all those grind, like hustle to you drop, like, blah, like just no sleep hustle always. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know who also can shut the fuck up is Spanx. I have a fucking bone to pick with them, but we will get to that later. So rounding out the TikTok thing, like they say that the TikTok algorithm is so accurate that if you hate TikTok, you hate yourself. <laughs> um, but it does, t- it, there's a big adjustment period. Adjusting to it takes time. So if you hate it because it's overwhelming, just, you know, that doesn't mean you hate yourself. (laughs) But like I spent some good time on it. And when now, because it knows what I want, it gives me like I really feel fulfilled when I open TikTok. Yes, sometimes I will like, you know, be having a bad like mental day where I'm like, "Mm okay, I need to dissociate for four hours and it will be on TikTok too much sometimes. But it feels more manageable because I'm not when I am checking it more times than not, I'm like, cool. I just got, I'm full from what I got. Like I, what they gave me, what is, was kind of what I was looking for. And I saw some new things as well. So I feel like I'm ready to close the app with Instagram. I'm always like, I just feel like there's something. What if I miss someone's life update or like, I don't know. I feel pressure when I'm on it that when I was going to delete it, in summer of last year, I was like, I don't know if I can delete it, but my mental health will actually hit rock bottom if I don't. So I was like, but I, I'm going to miss out on so much. And that was a huge thing. I, I, I'm a big FOMO person. Like I am very privy to feeling 
FOMO. And I was like, oh, I don't want to miss anything. And this is not great. I don't recommend this. But it was really like how I kept up with a lot of my news. I follow Moshe. It's M-O-S-H-E-H. And he is just very fair. Truly. He reports what's going on and he puts them all on his story so I can like click through it. And that's literally how I would stay caught up with what's going on in the world. And he would very much like summarize okay, this is the important part of the article. This is what you need to know. These are some takeaways. And if something is like super opinionated or really sensationalized, he will kind of pull the lens back and be like, honestly, what you really need to know is this is happening. This anything past that is conjecture. Like he will really lay it out in a way that's not trying to, I feel like so much of the news just tries to rile us up. Bitch, do not even get my dad started. He's always like, well, the media this and the media that like he's frustrated with the media on all sides. Like he is just like, I can't stand. I like if I give him one inch in that conversation, he will take 100 miles. He's like, oh, don't get me started on the media. Um, And like he's right. And it's just it's also sensationalized. And I have a hard time staying current, like staying informed with what's going on in the world without destroying my mental health like I was a big 2020 I totally lost myself like I really went so so hard into like fuck Trump and fuck all of this and like I was really hateful and really divisive and I regret it I still like believe a lot of the same things I believe but I was really I got lost in the sauce and so I've kind of dialed back like how into news I get because I run down rabbit holes with it. Um, so I try to th- take things much more at face value with what's going on in the world. And I, um, I was afraid of just missing things. And cause I don't have a news habit other than checking his Instagram stories. <laughs> and, uh, I was just nervous about feeling left out and I came back and I really did not miss much. I was honestly nervous about missing big like meme culture moments like what what if there's like inside jokes I don't get like you know I want to be part of the internet inside jokes and I just let that go which was like hard at first but yeah there's like some huge meme trends that I've probably totally missed but it was very good for my mental health and um being on TikTok I swear I I want everyone if you are not a TikTok person I just want you to try it and I have a starter pack for you that's the thing I'm going to guide you through it because if you listen to my podcast and you like my podcast, we probably enjoy similar sides of TikTok. So if you're totally new to this, let me tell you what accounts to start with. And let me also tell you something fucking bananas. I wrote notes for this podcast episode like two Fridays ago and I was like, okay, I'm going to make a TikTok starter pack. Like I really want because some of my really good friends are not on it. And they're like, I don't fuck with that. I'm like, please, because it's my only outlet to like share things I find really because I'm not on Instagram seeing memes or things going on. So I'm like, mm, this is my thing. I want you to be part of it. <laughs> and I just also believe that it is a better app. It's like a, just a better experience in general. So I was making a list of people like kind of scrolling through and I was like, oh, definitely this person has to be on it. And I shit you not on my entire life. I wrote down this girl who has, she has two accounts. One is called vitamin E girl. And the other one is Kate Glavin, K-A-T-E-G-L-A-V-A-N. And I had just written that in my notes. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Because she 
got her account got reported like right as she was starting to do well and like do brand deals with pretty huge brands and like it was becoming a great gig for her uh, and she was very authentic was doing brands deals and like ads really well and everything and she's the kind of person who you see do well on a platform like that and you're like oh fuck yeah you know what I mean um and someone I don't remember the whole details but some guy reported her account for like hate speech or some shit which was like complete bullshit but because she like called him out on something and or I don't even know what it was but like they were kind of just spitefully reporting her account because she said something that they didn't like is what it really was. So she got her account back because TikTok eventually, I guess, reviewed it and said like, no, this is not what happened. This is not hate speech. Thank you, though. So she was livid when that was happening. And she's like, you know what? Men are fans. And that is a revolution to me. <laughs> she's like, men love to hate on me speaking. She didn't. I'm paraphrasing. But it's like, Men felt very threatened by the things she would say and she was not coming for them. She was just speaking her truth and they felt threatened by it. So they were like, mm, no, mm, mm, mm. and she's like, you are a fan. <laughs> Thank you for being here. And I that just stuck with me and I fucking love her. And I literally was walking around in my favorite neighborhood. Yes, I'm a walking cliche. I love the West Village so fucking much. <laughs> it's the only one of the only neighborhoods in New York that I take like a full deep breath in. And you can come from, you can come at me for that. That's, that's okay. I'm okay with that. But I was walking around in the West Village. It was like a gorgeous Saturday and like 60 degrees. There was a ton of people out. I was at a crosswalk and I saw her on the other side of the crosswalk, like huge headphones on. And I was like, wait, is that her? I was like, is that vitamin E girl? And I kind of like my jaw dropped and I was like, wait, meeting a TikTok person, like a TikTok celebrity is a bigger deal than meeting a celebrity to me like the tier goes celebrity is level c tiktok personality is level b bravo liberty level a always pretty that's going to be a pretty hard first place to shake like i think bravo liberties will hold that spot of importance in my life until the day i die um but i jaw dropped and was like wait oh my god and i kind of like put my hand out as we were walking towards each other to like get her attention i was like because she had huge headphones on i was like uh hi and she saw me and we stopped and chatted i was like oh my god bestie <laughs> hi and i was like men are fans like I, I wanted her to know i was like okay i'm not gonna like take a lot of your time but hi and i really like your tiktok and I kind of like blacked out, but I, we just chatted. She was so cool. So nice. And I forget how I brought it up, but I think I just was like, um, I literally have a podcast and I'm making a TikTok starter pack and wrote your name down in my notes last night, because I think that you should be in the starter pack of who people follow when they're just new to TikTok. She's like, oh my God. And she was so nice and so cool. Um, so I love the synchronicity of that. And the other thing that is so like random, believe me, I cannot even believe that I'm saying this, but I also, <laughs> I don't know how to say this out loud without it sounding like really douchey. I'm kind of, I'm running an account on TikTok right now that is blowing up a little bit. Like it's new and it's, um, it's new and it makes me nervous, but I work for a brokerage in New York. I got the job on such a crazy story. It's in a different episode. I think it's in episode one of this season. Go listen to that.
but wild how I ended up here. And it's like such a great fit. I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And how, like how it all came together. And I did not want to work at a bar again because I worked in bars in Chicago for like years. And it, they make me working in a bar makes me have a lot of panic attacks. And I finally realized that and was like, okay, I have to stop doing that. I have to stop working in bars. It is really, really destroying me. And so I was like, what else can I do for a job until I get my license and can do real estate? And so I was like, hey, do you guys need any social media help or anything? Like I have a ton of experience in that. You know, could I help with anything while I'm waiting to get my license? And they're like, oh yeah, for sure. We'll think of something. And then we finally had a meeting in the morning of the meeting. I was like, I'm going to pitch to them. Like, let me make you guys a TikTok. I was like, I don't know if they're going to think I'm insane or not, but on my life, the, my direct report emailed me that morning and says, perfect. Let's do, let's do 11 AM instead of 10. Also, we want you to do a TikTok for us. Could you do that? And I was like, you're kidding. <laughs> so it worked out really well. And I, we were doing like a contract kind of freelancing deal and I'm running it for them. And it's called real underscore NY underscore properties. And I told them, I was like the way that TikToks do well, especially like for a business, they do well when you lean into a personality. So they were kind of hesitant. I was like, I am going to do videos of apartments, but also insert my personality and like my face into it because that is how a brand gets traction and is a brand that people want to interact with. So they, they just do not get TikTok at all. Like my boss's boss's boss, I emailed them when we started going super fucking viral. I was like, hey, just so y'all know, we are like exploding on TikTok and I don't know what this means yet. And they're like, oh, cool. Very cool. Thumbs up. Like they just don't get it. And so they've been basically believing, like trusting me. And the first couple of weeks, it was not going well. Like those notifications, every time I checked, they were dry as a motherfucking bone. I was like, oh God, because I worked for a startup in Texas years ago and I was started as a social media assistant. Um, and I ran our Instagram account with our CEO right when Instagram was what TikTok is now. Like we, I was the social media girl when Instagram advertisements became a thing. So that boosted us a lot because we were able to make advertisements about apartments and, you know, soar. Like we went from 11,000 followers to 110,000 followers very quickly, partially because I have a truly a knack for this, but also, you know, ads coming out at the same time gave us a ton of momentum. And like, I was not the only reason we did really well, but I was a big driving force in why we did really well. I was like, Hey, I think we need to insert more of a, our voice into this. This is like Instagram is a way for us to show that we are a cool company. And that really took off. So I knew that I had done that and like can sit down in an interview and brag about the numbers from that. But I told them, I was like, I don't know TikTok though, but I am confident that I can figure this out and do something similar to what I did years ago. And then it wasn't going well. Like none of the videos were getting more than like a couple hundred views. And I was like, shit, because they were paying me um, a, a good amount of money to do this. And I was like, okay, I need this to work. And I was having like an existential crisis one night. I was like, oh my God, just, I've had a couple where I'm in New York and I'm like, oh my God, like what am I doing? And like, I hope that things work out and like I hope this doesn't turn into some big like failure that I moved here and like took this huge leap of faith like every now and then this big leap of faith feels like a free fall instead and those moments are not very fun but I was having kind of one of those 
And I was like, God, I have to post on this fucking TikTok. Like I was supposed to post one earlier and oh my God, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I didn't have time to go like film a property that day. So I was like, I'm just going to reuse this video. It's a pretty view from a val- from a balcony and like the sun is shining. It's like, it's, it's cute. And I'll put words over it because there's a trend because I spend so much time on TikTok. Um, personally, there's a trend going around where if you do a video that is exactly seven seconds and you put so much text on the screen that you can't read all of it in seven seconds, people have to loop. Like they have to watch the video more times to read it. And the algorithm is like majorly rewarding those videos right now. So I was like, okay, that's the other thing about TikTok is it's such a cool space where, well, my side of TikTok is where it's like, if a creator realizes something is working and the algorithm is like rewarding it and bumping that video up, they will tell everyone about it. They're like, Hey, I saw at least five or six videos before I posted this. Like, Hey, just so you know, that seven second video trend that works fucking do it. So I saw it enough times. I was like, I'll just try it. And I was like, what am I even going to like, what can I say on a screen about apartments? Like, I was like, well, let me back it up. It's, I mean, it's not all just about apartments. Like, a lot of our demographic of leads we work with are people who do not live in New York yet. And we help people, people, if you don't live in New York and you're trying to move here, it genuinely is hard to figure out. I know firsthand and, but people in New York have it more figured out. We certainly work with a lot of clients who already live here, but a good bulk of our business is people who need help moving here from other cities. And so um, I was like, let me focus on that. I'll try and tap into that demographic of people who don't live here yet. And I was connected to what I felt in that moment too. I was like, you know what? Even though I'm panicking now and I'm having one of my free fall moments, I'm like, I do believe that I will land on something and like, it's going to be okay. And I know that I was drawn here for a reason. And like, I, it's something that words cheapen. Ew, I could start crying, but I won't. It's something that words cheapen when I describe like, why'd you move to New York? It is such I I could speak for an hour about it because and it's and still feel like I am not portraying like or conveying the feeling that I get deep inside of myself which I kind of like it is for me to only I really know what this what this intuition feels like and that is really special to me so I was like you know what I if you feel drawn to something go towards that and I at the last second I actually posted one that was New York City specific like if you feel drawn to New York City come here, you know, but I I deleted that. And I was like, no, I'm going to dial it back even further if you feel drawn anywhere. So I did a video with this like little soft little music, seven second video of me opening a balcony door and just like a little view. It says, okay, I actually might cry reading this because it is so personal to me. It says, if you feel drawn to a city in a way that you have trouble even describing, go there, spend time there, move there, read about it, drown yourself in knowledge around it. There is a piece of you there that is begging to be known and loved. You feel drawn to it for a reason. (laughs) Bitch. That fucks me all the way up. Like I, that truly, I posted it and felt like, okay, you know what? I don't know if this TikTok job is going to work out really well, but I feel good about that. Like I put content out into the world that I believe in. I fell asleep. It was like 1 a.m. I woke up and the video had like 10,000 views. I was like, wait, oh my God. (laughs) And I told my roommates, I was like, oh my God. Oh, also I have my roommates came back in town. I've been living with roommates now and it's fun. They're great. (laughs) A lot of stories to cover. But 
I was like, wait, guys, I, I like my videos doing kind of well. I have 10,000 views and I was really excited. And then all day long, those views like were multiplying all day long. By the end of the day, it was like 200,000 views. And I stopped updating people because I was like, this is insane. This is wild. And then other videos on our feed started blowing up. Like I posted that. And then something that I posted a couple days before this apartment by Trader Joe's got 50,000 views all of a sudden. And I was like, yo, cause it had like 300 before and people were commenting on it, arguing about the price. And I got really self-conscious. I was like, wait, they were, they were like, this price is so stupid. Oh my God. Like blah. And I felt bad. I was like, wait, um, I mean, that is the price. I didn't mean to offend anyone with this price. And I started getting kind of self-conscious and I was like, okay, we're going viral. What, what do I do? And I thought it was maybe a um, I thought it was maybe like, I probably got like, it was a one-off. I was like, maybe we just had this one video. I wanted to set realistic expectations because going viral one time does not always mean like that you're going to have a viral account. So I was like, okay, I need to make sure we are moving. I, I'm moving strategically through this. So I filmed a bunch of content and started putting more videos out and experimented with a bunch of different um, like strategies. And I just love, uh, one of my biggest strengths is pattern recognition. And so on TikTok, I will just like watch and study every little thing. And I'm like, okay, I think I can replicate this. And I gotta say, bitch, I'm really proud of this account. And we just renewed my contract. But honestly, like I feel so passionate about doing this and it's going so well. It's like such a good project for me that I might try to buy this handle back from them <laughs> because I love doing this and it is going really, really well because I have always loved apartments. I've said this before, but when I was a, an apartment locator in Dallas was the first time I ever got my real estate license and was doing any of this. But I was doing that before it was my job. Like I moved to Uptown Dallas and I wanted all my friends to live there too. So I was like, okay, here's where you're going to live. Here are all your options. I'll go on the tour with you. Like the leasing agents at my property that I lived at would just hand me the keys. They're like, will you just show them around? And I was like, absolutely. Here's the clubhouse. Here's it. Like I loved it. And even when I was younger, like I loved looking at apartments. It, it is truly fascinating. I was literally with my best friend in the world. She left this morning and I'm very sad. I almost cried when she left, but we had the best weekend together this weekend. And I was showing her, I was like, wait, can I like show you some of these TikTok videos? She's another, she's one of the people who's like TikTok is too much for me. I'm like, I get it, but I'm like kind of crushing it. I want to show these to you. And she's like, we pause. She's like, let me just, let me say this. I don't care about apartments. Like I don't like looking at them. And I was like, oh, fair. Okay, fair. I do. So I, I didn't make her sit and like watch all these. Cause she's like, I, I am really happy for you. And I want to see some of them, but like, I don't care that much about apartment videos. I was like, sure. I get that. But it turns out a lot of people do like I have, I had 2000 followers less than a week ago. Now I have 12,000 and I'm like, wait, whoa. And I got very nervous because someone duetted me. So if you're not on TikTok, let me explain. If someone duets your TikTok, they are putting your video that you post. Like I put in a video of me touring a two bedroom in the West village. And I was saying, narrating it saying like, um, yes, that's a dishwasher you see in the kitchen because dishwashers are very rare in the West village. I was like, that's a dishwasher you're seeing in the kitchen. It's giving renovations 
And he copied my video, like put my video on there and then put his face over it and said something along the lines of one thing about straight people who steer, who steal queer language is that they are bad at it. And I was like, bestie, who said I was straight? Like what? And it was just, he was kind of coming for me. And my heart was like pounding when I saw it. I was like, wait, is this about to become something that is really bad for my mental health? Someone else made a video last night because, ooh, I have a little tidbit for y'all, but I made a cocktail. I have a new favorite drink right now and I made a TikTok about it because I'm leaning into like, okay, how much personality can I really infuse into this account? Um, I mean, just in case they won't let me buy it back. Like I do, I do. It is still my job right now. So I'm toying with that. And someone, I said in the video that like, I, this is my favorite drink right now. Yes. I filmed this in the bathroom at this bar and she duetted it and said, Megan, I'm sure you're great. I support you, but I'm going to use you as an example. People who bring their drinks into a public restroom and let public restroom air hit their drinks and then drink it, you fear nothing. Like, and it was so funny. Um, so she was kind of making fun of what I was doing, but it wasn't mean. And I was like, actually thought it was hilarious. I comment, I told her, I was like, oh my God, my friend and I are dying laughing over this. And so like TikTok is full of people who are hilarious and creative, but there's also a lot of really brutal people who leave comments that have shaken me a couple times. Um, and some of them are so hateful that I've just deleted them, but I like got nervous. So that was all kind of happening all in a couple days. And then a Barstool account, like Barstool U, they commented on this video that I did and they said, hey, we found you on TikTok. We want to repost your content. Will you please DM us, excuse me, on Instagram with, you know, we'll give you full credit, but DM us and let us know that that's okay. And I was like, Oh my fucking God. I was really nervous because I didn't know why they wanted to. I was like, wait, that's kind of random that they want to post me. They must be trying to roast it. You know, like that's what Barstool does. And the video was me showing like a West Village studio that was $2,900 a month. And it didn't even have a full fridge. It had a mini fridge. And I kind of made fun of that. I was like, something of note, you actually don't even get a full fridge. You get a mini fridge. Like New York is a wild place. So I was like, okay, surely they're not going to roast me. They're going to roast the apartment. But I was calling all my friends. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Because internet hate genuinely scares me. And it kind of like triggered me a little bit. Like I was like, oh no. But I centered myself and I commented back. I said, I'm terrified y'all are going to roast me. But okay, just DM'd. And like nothing ever happened with that. But it's still going. Like we keep getting tons and tons of followers each day. And it's just like wild. Um... So yeah, I did deactivate Instagram to kind of like have less distractions and center myself a bit. And now I'm going a little bit, I wouldn't say I'm going viral on TikTok. That feels like obnoxious, but I'm running a TikTok account that's doing really well. And that's really fun. So your starter pack for how to get into TikTok. It's crazy how long this episode is and I've barely scratched the surface. I really think this is going to be like a three-part episode. So um, get ready for that. So here's your starter pack. Okay, we're starting with the basics. Emily Mariko. I will actually write all of these in the description of this episode. So this girl went viral because of a salmon bowl that she made. It's like kind of hard to explain. It sounds weird when you, when I, if I were to describe it to you, it wouldn't make any sense. But because you're like, why would that go viral? But just the way she does things and the way she edits her videos are very like, it's super cathartic to watch. So 
everyone made videos of making her salmon bowl and like, oh my God, I'm being so Emily Mariko right now. Like it's very, she does a lot of self-care, but she doesn't talk that often. So it's not like she's like, ooh, self-care is about this. Like self-care Instagram accounts can kind of be really obnoxious because they're really, you want to be like, okay, shut the fuck up though. Like sometimes, and, and listen, I know that when I am on Instagram, I'm kind of like, I like posting inspirational things, but some people do it in a way that I'm like, bitch, shut up. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I'm sure they have an audience for that. And I'm sure just maybe we are not each other's people and that's okay. I don't need to judge them. Um, but like she just does things in a way that are satisfying to watch and makes you feel like taking care of yourself, you know? And so I will watch her videos of like cooking and she's half Japanese. So she did like, she walked you through, she watched all of us through her new year's tradition with her family and this like huge meal that takes like a week to make. And it was like really cool. So you get to like learn about foods you don't know about. Um, and then she'll do videos of her like cleaning or, but it's just her doing them. It's not her being like, Hey guys, so here's me doing that. It's like, it's just, she just gets to the point and does it. And it's very satisfying to watch. So Emily Mariko is first on the list. This list is all over the place, by the way. Second on the list is someone I know, my friend, Anna Redman. So she was on The Bachelor the season with Matt, uh, like two or three seasons ago. It was like a big like controversial season. And she got a really bad edit. Like and she also like made mistakes. She was like gossiping about someone. And I'm pretty sure she like regretted what she said. But the way that it got edited was like way fucking worse than it actually was. And like I remember meeting up with her because she did my logo for this podcast for season one. Um, and then I like randomly in a two hour span decided I wanted to launch season two and I just made the logo that I have now. I made myself on Canva and I'm like kind of proud of it. <laughs> um, but she did season one because I was brunette and so I had to change it when I was blonde and I remember we met up and I was like, Hey girly, like, how are you doing? After everything went so like she got roasted on the season, like the internet really tore her apart, but I really think she handled it so well and now she's like just taking it with such stride and she now has like I think she has like 60 or 70,000 followers on TikTok but she's just so funny and she's in on the joke about her like I think that's what made it made her scandal pass was that she was like realistic about like no yeah I shouldn't have said that and like I fucked up but I'm moving on you know or like I, she was in on the joke and took it with stride and now and she's a copywriter for work like she I she is like a really people shit on her like oh you're just like someone on the bachelor who was on TikTok but she has like a great fucking job and like works for a great company and so when people come in her comments they're like oh you're just some like dumb rich girl someone pays your rent or things like that she's like bitch you are incorrect thank you for stopping by though you know like I sometimes when I'm replying to comments of when people are hateful I try to be gracious and try to be fair you know I don't want to like be I'm not gonna engage with like really hateful people in the comments but I'm like I take inspo from how she responds to people because she's like hey you're obviously a fan if you're here thanks so much for stopping by you know like thanks for saying I'm a nobody but you're still commenting on my video um and she's funny and she will share a lot of good like shopping things and she's just relatable truly okay again all over the place this list next on the list is a deli called Giada 
Gigiata. I don't know how to say it, but it's these three guys who live in LA and they're from like the tri-state area, like New York and New Jersey. And they were sad. This is a paraphrase. Like this is my perception of what happened. They were sad that there were no like New York style delis in LA. So they just made one themselves. And it's like cool branding. I mean, I've never like had it or anything, but it looks fucking good. And they just create hilarious TikToks. Like I like watching their TikToks so much because to me, TikTok brings me to a lot of independent artists, people starting their own thing or their own business or, you know, a lot of small businesses and things like that. And that for me is such big fuck yes energy. Like watching someone do something that they have always wanted to do, even as they're kind of figuring it out. Oh, that is just, that is it for me. That is chef's kiss. Absolutely. What I, what fuels me, the, such a lame thing to say but really I am energized by watching people figure their life out and like build a life that looks like them um so a lot of my TikTok is that and they are just killing it and I'm so proud of them even though I don't know them and I hope they do really well next on the list is Victoria Paris okay she blew up on TikTok like uh early on and then she got a lot of hate I don't even really know why, but it's like they, the TikTok community kind of like turned on her and they were like, oh, you're basic or you're this or you're that. And she's gone through a huge evolution as a person. She also talks about eating disorder recovery. Wait, I'm pretty like, I don't know if she exactly says eating disorder, but like recovering her relationship with food and her body and working out and things like that. So like same realm. I'm not sure if she really says eating disorder, but and so I, that resonates a lot with me and I like so now she is rich from TikTok and is like finding herself more and being good to herself and learning like through something that I think was really hard for her so I for one just I've really enjoyed watching that evolution like massive sensation to someone that everyone really shit on like that's a difficult pipeline and I think she's kind of riding that out well so I like following her like it's a very human thing to see oh wait actually that's good verbiage around like why 2021 was so hard is like I'm going through difficulties now and like things are hard for me right now but I feel very human uh, it's like I am connected to the human experience but like 2021 when I just felt like I was barely in survival mode in a struggling to get through each day kind of like mentally that I just did not feel human. I was very disconnected from the human experience. Um, a lot of the people on TikTok connect me back to the human experience. Like, because a lot of people share Instagram is such a highlight reel, bitch, that I am the billionth person to say that that is not breaking new ground or anything. But like TikTok is so much less of a highlight reel and very much like the full, the full spectrum of what's going on. And I like that you get to see all parts of someone going after a life they want. Um, and it's just a great platform for that. Okay. Another person I love following is Serena Kerrigan. She, again, I like half know all of these stories. Um, but what I have gathered from following her for like a year is she was on an MTV show. I'm pressed to think of what it is. It, it was like Siesta Key. She was on Siesta Key. I've never seen that show in my life, but she has handled the fame. Like she has, worked it in a really like she's worked it well I love 
reality TV is my sport. More so Bravo than anything, but like I have watched all of these Bravo celebrities handle becoming famous for years. And I love watching this pipeline because everyone handles it very differently. And she is someone who has spun it into like, she is a brand. Like she presents herself as a force to be reckoned with. And now she is that. Like, I think she talks a lot about confidence and talking to yourself in the mirror and being like, why do we think this is weird? Like, we should be talking to ourselves, like coach yourself through moments where you don't feel confident and work yourself into a confident place. Basically, like I'm completely paraphrasing again, but she's fun. She lives in New York City and it's like watching someone who is really good at being themselves get a platform for being themselves and like that is big fuck yeah energy that I love to watch okay um what is next on the list literally next on my list is vitamin e girl in parentheses Kate Glavin who I ran into I love she was so cool um and she is the men are fans girl and like I just she does she talks about dating and she will talk about being in the city and feeling like she doesn't have any friends or like I think she's like 23 or 24 and she is someone who is very anti-highlight reel like she will tell a story that you'll be like oh my god but it's cool to see a real story being told and she's just fucking hilarious highly recommend next on the list is Axel Weber this guy was in the, like a bunch of articles recently, I think. Like it picked up some steam because, okay, his name is Axel. Wait, did I ever say that? Yeah, Axel Weber. Again, my gist, what I've gotten from this is he moved to New York to try to go to Juilliard, I think. And he's young. Like, I don't know how old he is, but I think he's like 18. I don't know. He is like a baby, but he's so cute. Very aesthetically, like he looks like he doesn't act like but he looks a lot like Justin Bieber in the beginning of the Justin Bieber you know moment but like 18 20 you know not 13 years old but he moved here and he lives in what he says is the smallest apartment in New York I think that's how he originally went viral is like giving a tour of like a less than 100 square foot unit and he's just so pure and he didn't get into the school, like the arts school he wanted to get into. And he talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh my God, King, I want to see you do well so badly. Like he is so pure. You just want to root for him. Um, and there's a, an account called Stooping NYC. They're on Instagram. Fuck. Ugh, it's 11 o'clock and I really need to go to this appointment. Oh shit. I'm going to be like, oh fuck. Okay. I'll be, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> so I like had an appointment to go show an apartment and did not manage my time right and I actually was three minutes early so pretty proud of myself I literally was like oh fuck like realized what time it was and I was on the street walking down to the train within three minutes I was very impressed with myself um and she's gonna lease so I actually have just had like a hard time recording podcasts because like every time I have free time I when you do something like real estate where you're working hundred percent commission, you kind of always feel like you should be working and doing something. So I've not really prioritized doing fun things like this, but honestly, and like getting my license was such an ordeal <laughs> and then settling. So, um, I'm going to try really hard to put this out today. Today's Tuesday. Let's try. Let's see what we can do. I'm okay. This is also going to be a multiple part episode because I've covered like 
15% of what I wanted to talk about. Okay, so we're moving right along in our TikTok starter pack list. Okay, next on the list, I forget who I left off on. Axel Weber, I think. Yeah. Okay, curly fuck, bitch. I have such a crush on this guy. Like, I actually don't really have crushes from afar. I remember having celebrity crush. I've said this before, but like having celebrity crushes as a kid confused me because I was like, you don't even like know them. How do you, (laughs) you don't know what they're like. How could you like them? And I still feel like that as an adult. Like that's why I like dating apps. I don't love, I'm like, I just am so attracted to someone's energy, but oh my God, this guy curly fuck. It's like C-U-R-L-Y-F-U-Q. He is so fucking hot. Like, oh my God. Like I really don't have Okay, I do have a type. I date outside of my type a lot, but he is like exactly my type and he's funny and just like, oh, oh my God. So he's just fun to follow, uh, mostly for me. But um, next on the list is Zachariah, but it's with three Zs. He is so funny. I'm sure you've seen, he's had a bunch of videos go viral like a bunch of times. He like narrates his trip to Target all the time he'd be like, oh, good. Hi. Ev- hi. Oh, wait, what does he do? He's like, hi, everybody. <laughs> and he's just so funny. And he will. His thing right now is he finds like old from the 70s, like cooking devices where you can make like an ice cream cake and he'll try it. And that one actually was like a huge failure. <laughs> and he's just so funny to watch do anything. Um, and then last I follow a lot of stand-up comedians. I am so, I've actually dated a few comedians since I've been in New York. And like, I'm very, I've always been drawn to comedians my whole life. And now I'm starting to date them, which is really fun. But like, there's a guy who I literally met when I was on the street this summer. I was like biking around and I just started talking to this guy on the corner and we just like struck up a conversation because I was asking like about somewhere to eat around there. And because I was like stoned, I was like, is there anything like really good around here? And we were chatting and he's a comedian and he was going to be in Chicago in a couple weeks. So me and my friends went and saw him and it was so fun. And then I went to a comedy show a couple weeks ago when I had good friends come in town because I went to the comedy cellar like with a guy, a comedian I was dating. And he's like, we need to go on a Tuesday night because that's when they have the most drop-ins because this is like one of the most famous comedy clubs in the country. And so he's like, you know, someone like Louis C.K. could just drop by because they tour on the weekend, rest on Monday, and then go out and practice their sets on like Tuesday, Wednesdays. I was like, oh, cool. I shit you not. We're watching the show and they're like, hey, everybody, this is what's so fun about being at the Comedy Cellar is you never know who's going to drop in. Welcome, Louis C.K. We were like, bitch, what the fuck? I looked at him. I was like, are you a witch? And it was so funny. And it's like, that's how they go and they try out their sets like you literally walk in the door and you put your phone in an envelope and they seal it like it's very um hush hush very secret but you have to be very present no phones which is great um and then literally okay I talked about this on episode one of season two that I was kind I wasn't dating this comedian but I was kind of like talking to this guy and I, he had just performed at the cellar and I went to go hang out with him afterwards. It was like midnight and literally we're sitting down at the table right next to us. I was like, is that Aziz? I'm sorry. He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Got it. And I played it cool. 
And it was just like we were just next to him for like 45 minutes. He was just shooting the shit, like laughing so hard with all his friends, like having such a great. He was squawking. Literally, he was with squawks. He was with his squawks. And it was so fun to witness. And it was like cool just to like be next to his energy. You know what I mean? Squawk energy, whether you're a famous person or not, is energizing to be around to me. <laughs> so there's a loud table and I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. But I do love your squawking. Like it is giving me life. But so they were squawking and I like told my dad and my brother, I was like, oh my God, guess who I was next to? And I told all of you guys. And then, okay, a month ago, January, I will say did not really pass the vibe check. January was a hard time. I literally had such little money. Like making friends costs money. You know what I mean? Like in a new city, I have friends here. I have people I know. I definitely do. Please no one worry about me. <laughs> but like, I don't, I didn't have a lot of money. So like I didn't have any money to do anything with these friends. Like there's very few people in my life that I can call and be like, hey, I really want to see you. I do not want to spend one single dollar, but I can't wait to see you. Like very few. My literal best friend in the entire world, Lauren, came in town this weekend. And like she is one of my only friends who understands that. And she's like, no, yeah, bitch, not a dollar. And I'm like, yeah, bitch. Um, but we did spend a little bit of money, but we had fun. And like, she is my only person that I go out with and feel like my wallet is not shaking. Cause sometimes I'll go out with friends and I'll have two or three drinks and they'll be like, yeah, well you've been me $70. And I'm like, wow, great. I wish I would have stayed at home and cried and said the whole time. <laughs> but you know, now things are a little different, but January did not pass the vibe check. I was just afraid to leave my house, afraid that money would jump out of my wallet because the city is expensive. And I was like also studying for my real estate exam every single day and kind of losing my mind over it also grappling with the fact that I live here and I was like feeling weird feeling like I needed an adjustment and that's when I felt like I was like you know what I think I need to go off Instagram because I felt raw sometimes I'm such a storyteller wait okay this is the problem with recording this in two bits I don't know if I said this or not in this episode yet but I feel like I'm such a storyteller in life and when I'm on Instagram I like to tell a lot of stories and like the story of me moving to New York is still very much in progress. And it's not like I, I will ever be some like finished product or anything, but it's just like it was a little too raw to even be on Instagram. I'm like, I just like don't know what's going on. Um, and I need to just take a break. And distraction wise, I was like, I just I think I just need to like clear my head. It really clears my head a lot when I get totally deactivate my Instagram. Um, so I was thinking about that like all day. I was like, oh, I think I really miss how I felt when I was deactivated. Like I kind of want to go back to that. And I turn on Netflix, like right before I fall asleep. And what do I see? But Aziz Ansari's new comedy special, dead ass, the exact outfit I saw him in. I was like, no way. Could it be? Could it be? Sure enough, it was the actual night that I was there next to him witnessing his squawks <laughs> and so I didn't like see the show but the fact that I was there around him that night I was like well, that's so cool like I don't know that the proximity to that and I was talking the guy comedian I was kind of seeing a little bit his friend went on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon and they had this like big night for it and I was like oh my god that must have been so fun like how did he feel and he's I was like I said something about it I was like that's so cool to like have someone close to you achieve something that like is your dream too because it's like oh wow the proximity to it and feeling like you can be within your dreams orbit is such a powerful feeling we we're like yeah like hell yeah and I like I don't know it just feel it was really cool it, it struck me that that was 
right that day when I was thinking about that, that I opened that up. And in his special, he talked about like deleting all your social media and like literally two minutes before I even got to that part of the special, I swear on my life, on my life, I paused the special and started posting stories like I'm deactivating tomorrow. Like, cause last time I just deactivated without telling a fucking soul. And like a lot of people thought that I like dropped off face of the planet or like blocked them or like thought that I was like not okay. So I was like, Hey, I'm deactivating for a little bit. And then I literally like paused it again or uh, resumed it. And he was like, you know, talking about how he has a flip phone now, which I don't know if I could ever do something that extreme, but that's so interesting. <laughs> I'm very fascinated by that. And so it was just a ton of synchronicity around that, that I was really excited about. And it's a really good special. Like Aziz Ansari does not make me fucking cry laughing or anything like same with master of none, his show. It's like, I do not fall out of my chair laughing, but I love watching him so much. It is like, so he is so comforting to watch. I, I will watch anything he does always. Um, I, I feel the same way about Steve Carell. Wow. If you've not seen the movie, beautiful boy, a prep yourself for like, it's very gut wrenching. I forced my dad and my brother to watch it with me over Christmas because it is one of my favorite movies. I watched it right when I moved to Chicago. I went to go see it by myself. And like, I cried like six times movies. I cry mm, not easily in life, but like I'm more emotional than others, I would say. But it, I don't typically cry in movies. Movies do not usually make me cry. Um, like Titanic made me cry the first time I saw it. But like, I do not cry when I rewatch it. But Interstellar, Beautiful Boy, I'm like hard pressed to think really hard of what other movies make me cry. But Beautiful Boy is so... It's a true story and it is gut wrenching to get through, but it's Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Wow. It is so good. And I just love Steve Carell. Oh my God. Um, so rounding this conversation out, the TikTok starter pack, those are your people to start with. I'm sure I have more. I will maybe make this a series. Um, so if you feel like it'll take you a month or two to get into TikTok, I will guide you. I will be your spirit guide to get you into TikTok. <laughs> um, but really, it's like Instagram is such a stale fridge check. Like it's such an empty distraction. And bitch, I do not say this with such a high horse. Like I have plenty of other things in my life that distract me. And I'm not saying like, yeah, I just like removed all that. And I'm just like better than everybody. I'm fucking not. I'm literally glued to the TV over Bravo. Like I cannot stop watching Bravo every single day. I have mental issues. So like, it's not like I'm so above distraction, but like that to me was a huge distraction that I was really proud of, like that it felt good to cut out and it might feel different for everybody, but I don't know. I just don't want to be that person who's like on a high horse because I did something that like I quit something that we're all addicted to. Cause I'll be back. And like, I like being on Instagram sometimes, but I, I think forever I will eventually not be on it at all, but it's like a slow decline. I will always take breaks from it though. It feels great. It's a great mental refresh. Something about Bravo though, I have switched going from watching Real Housewives and Vanderpump Rules and Summer House. I stand by Summer House though. Oh my God, we have so much to talk about about TV shows. I think it might be a TV show podcast a little bit. Like it's not going to be my whole thing, but we're going to like talk about it. But I've swapped a lot of my other Bravo shows for million dollar listing. I am such a fucking douchebag. I emailed Ryan Serhant. He's, um, I think the top broker in New York city. I don't actually know, but he is on the show million dollar listing and he's been on it since season one. They're on season like nine, I think now. 
And I used to watch that and be obsessed with it. I've always been obsessed with real estate. I really just have. And I used to watch him and idolize him. And I moved to Houston in 2017. Hated it. Horrible time. But like I moved there to start a team for our company. And so I was like, okay, I'm committed to doing what I came here to do. So I emailed him and I said, hey, like I am obsessed with watching the show. I'm a top producer at my company. I actually just got promoted. I moved to Houston to start a, which is where he, he's from, to start an office for my company. And I, this is a project I'm working on, but in 2019, I'm going to move to New York and I will be your assistant. And then in 2020, I will be your top producer <laughs> because I'm a cocky asshole. <laughs> and I was like, so just so you know, I'll be referencing this email in our interview. I look forward to meeting you in a few years. Like that's how much of that bitch I really thought I was. And like, I moved here and like I walked by his office. I was meeting my good friend who I talked about earlier when I met their daughter. I was walking around. We actually ended up changing where we were going to meet. But the original place I was meeting them, I walked right by Sir Hans office. He has his own brokerage now or his own like company. And I was like, oh my God, it is strikingly large. And in the most shockingly incredible part of Soho, I was like, this has to be the most expensive piece of retail <laughs> space that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I was like, oh wow, I love synchronicity. If you can't tell, like I love when like things you think about or things you feel drawn to, you just like see them pop up in your life. Because ever since I started doing real estate in New York, because I never in my life, this was always the goal. I always wanted to move to New York and do real estate, but I never thought I could do it this soon. Like I never thought a brokerage would be like, yeah, you know fucking nothing about New York. Do you want to work for us? Like, but then the brokerage I work for, they're like, you're, you're going to get it. You're, you just need to learn, like pick a neighborhood and specialize in it. And we think you're going to do well. And I was like, I think so too. Thank you so much for seeing that. And so I was like, oh wow. It was cool to just w stumble right into his office. I was like, oh my God. And so I've swapped all my other Bravo shows. I am now all I watch is million dollar listing. Like, and I am learning so much because there's a lot I don't know about New York and there's real estate here is so different than other cities. Maybe not so, but like, I also have never done sales before. Oh my God. I haven't even told y'all. I have like three buyer clients. Well, not buyer, not buyer clients yet, but buyer prospects because of this TikTok blowing up. I've had, well, two of them reached out because of TikTok. One girl I just met at an open house and chatted with her on the sidewalk. I was like, well, if you don't have a broker, like I'm happy to help. She's like, yeah, my budget's like 5,000 or I could buy something. I was like, <laughs> okay, got it. Because in the open house, I heard her say to the other broker, she was like, yeah, I just moved here from San Francisco. Um, I don't have a broker, yada, yada. And she mentioned like, I own like a venture capitalist company. And I was like, <laughs> um, excuse me. These are all incredible words to be hearing. Um, so I'm working with her and this other girl who found me on TikTok who wants like an investment property. And then this other girl who found me on TikTok, she was like, she started the call being like, okay, so I could spend like 4,000 on a two bedroom. I didn't bad an eye at that because that's like a pretty standard budget here. I was like, okay, cool. She's like, or I might, you know, I might buy a place. Like my father said he might buy me something. I was like, bitch, if she's saying my father, this is going to be a great budget. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, that that's, that's a rich sentence. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, I mean, tell me more about that. And she's like, you know, if it's between like two and three, 
here's the thing about rich people. I grew up, or I didn't grow up rich, but I grew up around a lot of money. Like I thought we were poor because we didn't have a movie theater in our house. You know what I mean? I grew up around it. And I was like, they don't clarify the end of the number. They'll say two or three. She meant million. I was like, got it. Got it. Amazing. So I was like, okay, cool. And I literally had just filmed something. Someone asked me to film this two bedroom that is exactly like kind of what she's looking for. And I was able to bring it up, even though I've never talked to a buyer in my life on, on the phone. I was like, uh, I don't know what to do with this conversation, but I was like, yeah, actually, you know, I have something in mind that we can kind of use as a reference point. I'll send you some videos. We'll, uh, we'll look at some similar things from there. And let me give you a call back tomorrow. And I called my sales director. I was like, what the fuck do I do? And I like went to the office next day, had a whole breakdown. I'm like, okay, here's how, here's what you do. Like, let's give you a crash course on how to handle a buyer and all this stuff. And by the time, before I could even reach back out to her at the end of the day to be like, Hey, okay, here's the other things I have for you. Let's kind of talk through your process. She was like, Hey Megan, I actually really love what you sent me. It checks all of my boxes. Can me and my parents come see it? I was like, <laughs> so they're coming in town this weekend. I told my best friend, Tyler, who also does real estate in Chicago. If you need a place in Chicago, call Tyler or my best friend, Allison, uh, love them both. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? And it was, at the time, it was two weeks away. I was like, they're coming in two weeks. He's like, just go there now and say, I'm here, here, ready when you are. <laughs> just be two weeks early. And so I'm seeing them this weekend. So put your good energy into Saturday and Sunday, please. My long distance besties, my squawks, we are all going to believe in this together. Um, I was like, cool, this would literally change my life. Let me know. Can't wait to see you guys. Um, but like to see to be watching million dollar listing and then to be working with buyers that have similar budgets than like some of the clients do on the show. Like they show like a pretty, they, some of the apartments they show are like $25 million, but a lot of them are like between two and five. And I was like, Oh my God, it just hit me that I was like, I didn't think this could happen so quickly. And that's, what's so cool about real estate. You really can just throw a ball and it can bounce in the right spot and smack you in the face and make you a ton of money. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't always happen, but it can be, that simple. And it is something that I am so good at when I, yesterday after I left and I was like, Oh shit, I got to go. I went to that appointment with a girl who was looking at this four bedroom. And then I went to FaceTime something for a girl who's moving here from California. And while I was waiting for the FaceTime tour, we were waiting for the broker was like late. So uh, there was like six of us on the street. I was like, are we all here looking for the same apartment? Like I just thought it was funny. There were so many of us. I started chatting with three of them I was like, well, how are y'all searches going? And they all were like, oh my God, it's like really hard. The, the market's really bad. The inventory is super low. And I was like, I know it's, it's getting pretty tight. And then I was like, well, I'm actually a broker. If you guys like need any help, I would be happy to help. And they all, all their eyes lit up. We like passed my phone around, giving them all my number. I went immediately with one of them hunting for a place because she needs to move in like a week. And we, and she, they all had like good budgets. So I was like, yeah, let's like hit it. We were walking up the stairs to the apartment, up four flights of stairs. Boy, do these walk-ups humble me. I am out of motherfucking breath when I get to the top. To all the videos I send clients, I'm like, <sighs> um, but like as we were walking up the stairs, I'm frantically looking through my phone being like, okay, what the fuck can I show all of them? Like pulling things up like on the market, like, okay, what's hit the market today? What's available? What can I get into? What do I have keys to? And I was like frantic. I took a video so fast for my client. I was like, okay, here it is. It's beautiful. Um, and she leased, but 
I was chatting with all three of them and it's like it's such a hustle that makes so much sense to me so this is like I really again I'm my fullest self when I'm learning and real estate you can always be learning and so it's I'm really plugging into something that is very very healthy for me which I love (laughs) and like watching the show I've learned so much because I'm trying to rapidly catch up to how quickly business is happening for me. I got my license a week and a half ago and like I've already had three leases. I'm working with three buyers like that's not I don't think that's super typical and I'm excited that the TikTok is giving me a good platform because I haven't even taken any leads from my company yet. I'm probably going to do that like today or tomorrow, but like I'm about to kick shit into like really high gear (laughs) and um, I have just struggled for so long like every single minute I was in Chicago I was struggling like there was not one time where I financially felt like set or like I was doing a job that made like really made me feel whole and you know what I forgot about I was talking to a client about this one of the ones I met out on the blue I mean out of the blue we were um she was saying she's like you really seem like you have a knack for this. Like you're, you're really good at this. Like she was watching all the wheels turn and me do a search for her in real time and figure out like, Oh, why don't we go here? Oh, you like this? Okay. What about this? Cause I, Ooh, Ooh, I love ideas. And I real estate is all about ideas. And, um, that's something that I defined for myself last year as like, what does rest mean to me? What does success really mean to me? And success to me means being able to prioritize ideas And also to be fully honest, that's something I actually want to talk about maybe in part two of this episode. But um, because I realize I'm not I wouldn't call myself really like a liar. I don't make a habit of lying and it makes me very anxious, but I'm not fully honest a a lot socially most of the time, you know, and I something I'm really looking at. But I remember that when I was in Chicago, I know that I I was really good at real estate in Texas and then I knew I I needed to leave Texas. So I moved to Chicago to just get to a bigger city. I tried to do real estate there and you really had to have a card and just it didn't it wasn't sticking it didn't click so I tried to do corporate sales and I was good at it because I was like okay it's the same like kind of the same thing but more structured and just kind of different but it just wasn't sticking and during the pandemic one of my friends needed a new apartment so I hooked her up with my friend Allison who's great and they went and like we're looking at apartments all day and I was like, oh my God, let's all meet for coffee. I want to hear about how it's going. Like I almost invited myself on their tours and we were all getting drinks, going over their search, like pulling out floor plans. We talked for an hour and I was so engaged. I was like, okay, Brit, here's the thing. This one, I don't like because of this, but I love the location. But this one, here's why this is my favorite for you. And I was like so into it. And she was like, Megan, I've never seen, and we worked together. I worked in my corporate sales job with her that I did like pretty well in. And she would see me, you know, get all ramped up and like, okay, bitch, I got it. I got a sale. I did this and blah, blah, blah. And it closed. Like she would see how energized I would get over that. We literally sat next to each other. We sat next to each other and found out about COVID together at the same moment. She is, that is like such a special like friendship to me. Um, And like went through all of that sitting next to each other. But she was like, Megan, I have never seen you so energized over something before. Like, this is amazing to see. And that day I was like, I really need to get back into real estate. And I, that's when I started looking into reactivating my license in Texas. And I started like doing locating in Dallas from Chicago. And like, I just wanted to be doing it again. 
So to be able to be in a city that I want to be in, because Chicago kind of always had an expiration date for me. I always knew it was a stepping stone to New York. And so like, maybe that's part of why I couldn't click with the real estate there. But to be in the city that I have, I haven't, I wasn't like a kid wanting to move to New York, but like since like my early twenties, I've wanted to live in New York and it's just so cool. Like, and, and watching million dollar listing and be able to learn un- so much. It's crazy how much I'm learning from this show. I swear to God, if I'm ever really good at real estate, I'm kind of manifesting that I will have like, actually I'm going to keep that to myself, but I do have like a secret manifestation number of like what, how much real estate I want to do this year. But when I become really successful at this, I can imagine an article being written about me uh-huh. a little bit, maybe douchey, but this is kind of like how I envision things. I'm like, that'd be cool to say, like, I got really successful. Obviously, my brokerage is teaching me a lot. They're working with me a lot, but I am actually learning so much from the show that I could be like, I could see a headline that's new hotshot on the market learns most of what she knows from reality show. <laughs> so um, I study it. I literally obsess over it. I watch it every single day and sometimes I take notes. So it's really good for me and I'm really excited about where I'm at. And what I was talking to my best friend Lauren about this weekend was we were on the train and like, I, this is going to sound sad, but it's not. We, she and I died laughing over this. I was like, okay, this is going to sound sad, but I'm not being sad. I'm being realistic. <laughs> like I'm being practical. I was like, I forgot what it felt like to just hang out with a good friend and like just laugh with a really good friend. I just, I do not have good, good friends here yet. And that takes time. I know that moving, you know, I'm not sad about that, but it's my reality. It's making friends has not been my priority yet. And, um, seeing her just completely rejuvenated my entire spirit. And we were sitting on the train. We'd been knocking around all day doing essentially nothing. It was incredible. And it was snowing too while she was here, which I love. She hates. Um, and like I was sitting on the train. We were just sitting there silently and I looked at her and I was like, I'm so happy. Like I almost started crying. I was just so like my life is still, I wouldn't say I'm out of the struggle part of this move yet, but so it's cool that my happiness is not like, oh yeah, I struck it rich and now I'm better. Like I have not gotten a commission check yet actually. And I'm just still like kind of barely scraping by. So it's very much not even circumstantial happiness. It is very like internal. And I just am like, happy with where my life is again and after last year being so so hard like it it, it's really hard to even put words around how difficult last year was and how out of my body I constantly felt um I just feel so happy again and like I'm really grateful for that because I know that life goes I've said this in I think the last episode like life goes in ups and goes in downs and I know that the ups do not always last and the downs do not always last but that down cycle just lasted for such a long time that I was like wow I I wonder if I will ever feel normal again and it just got so bad so I'm gonna cap part one of this episode because I it's unbelievable how much else I have to talk about there will be a part two and possibly part three um but I'm just gonna leave y'all with this I really believe in connecting yourself back to the human experience. And I, especially in hindsight, see like the last year I just felt so inhuman. I did not feel alive at all. And I felt very void of connection 
to like myself and to other people. Like I would just stare people in the face and be like, I don't even know how to like activate a a conversation with someone right now. Like I feel so barren of life. Like, I mean, this sounds really dramatic, but I really had a hard year and getting this like major diagnosis, like CPTSD is not something I'd ever heard of. I had no one to look up to. No, I still don't. And then Oprah made a documentary about PTSD in general and it spiraled me. I watched that a month after I was diagnosed and I like was almost never in a darker place, you know? And like, I was a lot to navigate and I had no one to relate to very few resources to really learn about this. And like, I was trying to do this podcast that I felt really strong, strongly about, and I felt very drawn to doing. Um, and then literally in the summertime, the one comment that I mentioned in episode one, that one person said kind of like being playful and making fun of me. Um, she was like, damn dude, your podcast is super dark. Like save that shit for therapy. And I was like, I just, I went into another dimension. Like that is everything that I feared because I was trying so hard to hold everything together and do something I believed in, but I really was going through a hard time. So I took the space I needed. I went to a lot of therapy. I went to EMDR therapy, which I recommend strongly for anyone who feels stuck just in general without diagnosis at all. Like if you feel stuck, EMDR is really effective, but, um, I feel alive again and I feel like my life is swinging into the up cycle again, which feels incredible. I have four minutes until a meeting, so I need to wrap this, but I just really believe in doing what you feel drawn to and like getting back into doing this podcast, even though, you know, I know there was a, we're, we're not doing weekly and like, it's kind of, we're feeling out season two, a little bit of a different vibe, but I would really encourage anyone listening to this to do what feels important to you and go towards what you feel drawn to. I swear part of you is there that want like literally that TikTok that I made that officially now has a million views. Swear to you, there's a part of you there that is begging to be known and loved and like figured out and seen. So go towards where you feel drawn, like bitch, fuck a five year plan. Like where do you see yourself in five years? Bitch, where do you see yourself? Go there. Um, oh my God, I can't wait to tell you guys some things I have up my sleeve. Um, mm, that's a big part of something I have up my sleeve that I'll tell you about in a couple episodes, but go there, go towards what you feel drawn to, especially if it doesn't work out at first, especially like find yourself in what you look for because you really are what you seek. Um, I don't know if this is too full house making that you know how I sometimes get weird and I'm, I feel like I need to end the episodes on some morale but I really feel strongly about leaving everyone with this message like go towards whatever you feel drawn to um and, and just get curious with it get curious with what you feel drawn to and like carve a life for yourself that feels full and where you can show up as your fullest self as often as you can. And that looks really different for everybody. You know, this podcast is something I feel drawn to and figuring out how to do it in my own way is something that empowers me, even if it is not received the way I always want it to be. Even if someone says something to me about it, that is everything I fear that it will come off as like that was really difficult. But at the end of the day, I believe so much in going to where you see yourself that, um, because you are what you seek that you are worth seeking even through setbacks and even through things that knock you upside of the head 
dusting yourself back off and saying, okay, I'm still going to figure this out. I'm still going to get curious with this space. So whatever that is for you, I encourage you to just get more curious with yourself, allow yourself and others around you, you know, live and let live. I don't know if that's what they meant when they said that, but live in a life, carve a life up for yourself that feels full and allow the space for other people to do that as well. Because that is a human experience. Um, and all of us, you have no idea who around you is so disconnected from the human experience that they feel like they may fall off the planet, you know? Um, so just all of us in our little corner of the world doing that and living out our fullest, um, moments can really affect people more than we know. So go do what you feel drawn to. Okay. I'll do the same and we can all do it together. Did we have a full house moment? I think that was it. That was my Danny Tanner. God rest Bob Saget's soul. Uh, that was my Danny Tanner moment of the episode <laughs> where we spun it into a moral uh, encouragement. Thank you so much for listening to Since Nobody Asked. I don't know when I'll talk to you again, but I know that it'll be soon. Have an incredible rest of your week. Bye.